Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, it's Scott, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. On today's show, one of the greatest guitar players of our generation, Mr. Zach Wilde. You know him as a solo artist, Black Label Society, of course, Ozzy Osbourne, Zach Sabbath, and everything else this guy has accomplished, which is much too much to mention here. But excited to have him. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. We get into everything from Eddie Van Halen to Randy Rhodes to everything, including the new record, Black Label Society, Ozzy, Ozzy's new record, and much, much more. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a moment, Mr. Zach Wild. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll love it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. My next guest is a tremendous solo artist, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. You know him from Ozzy Osbourne and his own band, Black Label Society, welcoming Mr. Zach Wilde. How are you, my brother? What's happening, Father Scott? I actually tell my wife that every time. You know, <laughs> I go, do you know who you are that you're hanging out with right now? <laughs> you you guys know, are- I give her that introduction every time. It's not helping, though. I don't get any foot massages, no shoulder rubs. It's, I got to come up with something else. You guys actually have quite a, quite a love story. You guys have been together since like sixth grade or something, right? Or like high school at least, right? Uh, yeah, I've known her since sixth grade, yes. Yeah. I've been torturing this woman since sixth grade. So <laughs> it's awesome. So she's seen through you through every phase of your career. So. Yes, I just keep her heavily sedated and you know <laughs> locked up in the basement. She has no idea what's going on. Amazing. But you've been pretty busy during this whole time. We were just talking about it right before uh, we got on the air. But during the pandemic, you you know, there's a box set. The new album just came out. I think the new album is like top 10 now, which is awesome. Berserkers are, uh, I've, I've done another fine job of, you know, taking care of that. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, we had a blast making the record and everything like that. So, uh, but yeah, we, we've been busy this whole time. It was weird because we were just talking about 
playing uh, and seeing people that, or seeing friends yeah. and, and that you haven't seen and you know we just did the show the last show we did was with the uh the milwaukee chapter berserkers over at uh the rave in milwaukee okay right so we did that was the last show we did we figured oh we're going to be going home for probably home for a month and then we'll be back at it and then next thing you know it was we actually were on stage i'm looking at you you're looking at me i'm like going oh this was almost two years ago like it was 22 yeah. months ago yeah, 23 yeah. months so and i mean like but it didn't seem like 23 months it seemed like we just went home for like two months and we're back at it but it just really goes to show how time flies i mean you know just like no more tears i guess we just celebrated like 30 year anniversary on that one right and I remember when my father turned 80, and, you know, he's a D-Day Omaha Beach guy in World War II, the whole nine yards. But I remember him showing me pictures of, you know, his platoon and everything like that. Like, oh, this guy got his brains blown out. This guy died. We were under a tank. I remember this guy died. This guy died of cancer. This guy's still alive. This guy's still alive. Or You know, just talking about, like, all the guys that he knew. And, like, for him, like, whenever we would talk about World War II, he was just like, you know, because you'd see it in black and white. Yeah. So, you know, it looks right, larger than life fact. and it looks, it makes it look older. But I mean, you know, like when you see it in color and then you realize, my, like my father would go, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. Like even when my dad turned 80, he passed away when he was 89. But mm. he just, when he turned 80, you know, his run a joke used to go, he used to say, well, you can only turn 40 twice, you know? So, <laughs> but, uh, but the whole thing is like, you know, he had all his faculties all the way up till the end. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, uh, but to him, he just, it, he would, you know, with us, like, even, you know, when I turned 30, then when I turned 40, my dad was like, man, where's the time gone? You know what I mean? Because yeah. to him, it just seemed like, you know, and I, I, it's it's crazy even when I talk with Oz, you know, when we talk about Sabbath stuff and everything, because I'm just such a, you know, such a fan and everything like that. So I always listen. I, I love it when he tells me these stories, but it's just like when he's when he's talking about, like, in 1971, this was going, you know, to him, it seems like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, and he's still all there. It's great, and he sounds better than ever. Uh, yeah, I, I want to talk about the new record. I want to talk about the fact that you guys were really busy because the box set is hysterical. No more black, and, and the infomercial is incredible. <laughs> so, where do you come up with these concepts, by the way? If you guys haven't seen the infomercial, for so the box was set, like, "Oh, do you have somebody write these things?" Like, oh, "No, yeah. I'm a moron." What do you? What do you <laughs> no, I. This no, we just come up with you know. It's just like at the video with the end of days with the with the you know the grizzly bear and the koala bear. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like. You know, I just saw I saw those outfits, and I go, "This will be the video." It's just me and JDs is just fighting throughout the video. You know yeah, what I mean? Amazing. And it's just no band performance, no yeah. anything. I go, and they go, "This this video has nothing to do with the song." I go, "Exactly." <laughs> it's better that way. <laughs> totally. You're from the East Coast, and so am I. Do you remember uh, Crazy Eddie back in the day? Totally. Those, I mean, so, and you all remember those commercials? Yeah, it reminded me of that when I watched it. It was like that. Yeah, you don't know what he's selling, what yeah. he's peddling, but yeah. it's just like. Is it ice cream? Is it electronics? What is exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So, but it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Crazy Eddie, totally. Refurbished, re, yeah, the whole information was great. But talk to me about actually how you Refurbished, grew up. Refurbished, remarried, re yeah. everything. Re remarried. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about how you grew up, Zach, because it's interesting to me. Like, you grew up on the East Coast, obviously, and a lot of the early influence are you know the obvious the sabbaths the zeppelins and even fusion stuff because you got into like al demiola and stuff like that early on i think but what, what were your like early memories of music growing up and your first records that you bought i mean I'm, i mean i i had a blast growing up on uh, on the east coast and in jersey where you know we grew up in a small town jackson new jersey you know so uh 
but no, between all my friends going to school, high school, and I, mean, I, I loved it. I, 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 all my friends, we always had a great time, and you know, so I have, I, I, you know, it wasn't like, oh man, I'm dying to get out of here. It was just, uh, no, I had, a, I had a great time, and you know, playing, you know, between little league, pop Warner football, and everything like that, and then, you know, when, when I discovered I wanted, you know, play music the rest of my life, when I hit high school, it was uh, taking guitar lessons from uh, Leroy Wright. And he was a great teacher, you know, just because he would teach me the songs I wanted to learn, whether yeah. it's Sabbath or Zeppelin or ACDC or anything. But he would he would always, you know, then I, he'd teach me the theory behind it. Like, you know, looking at a whole bunch of car parts and an engine laid out on the ground, it, it looks, it's overwhelming. But, you know, once you show me how, why this part connects with this part and this part, you need to put this part with here and, and how it all breaks down and so you could speak the language. You learn music theory growing up or not really? Was it yeah, more without just a doubt. So, I, you know, with my scales and everything like that. So, you know, and then you you learn your fretboard, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was just, I just always thought it was int just so interesting and everything like that, scales and everything like that. So uh, I still do to this day. It's it's just awesome. But um, Were but your the, parents into music? Did they expose you to a lot of music <coughs> growing up? Well, my father played trumpet in the, in the service and stuff like that, but... Uh, my mother, uh, she took vocals, you know, did vocals and stuff like that. But my mother was more into, like, acting and stuff like that. You know, did TV commercials for children and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you had your kids with her, my mother would be all about it. You know, like yeah. getting them in in toy commercials or this commercial. You know, like when you see all children in commercials, like my mother dealt with that. She had an agency and dealt oh, cool. with that stuff. But nice. uh, but the thing is, no, but my, my parents were awesome in regards that whatever it is I wanted to do, whether it was playing baseball, then playing football, and then when I w wanted to do music, like they they just supported me in whatever I wanted. They never forced me to do anything. You know, my parents never forced me to practice, never forced me, you know, you shouldn't, and I do the same thing with my kids. It's just like, whatever it is you love and you have passion for is what you should be doing. Yeah, you have four kids, right? Yeah. And one of them's named Sabbath, which I love. Yep, Sabbath Page, <laughs> you know, amazing. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just name, I always name them after great things, right, you know right, what I yeah. mean? So, Sabbath Page. Sabbath Page, and they have Hendrix Halen, Michael Rhodes Wild, and then you have uh, Jesse John Michael named after Ozzy, and then we have Haley Ray. Amazing. So, you know, but it's just, um, no, it, you know, I mean, and as a parent now, you know, you just, whatever your kids love, that's what they should be doing. I mean, you know, one of our sons, our oldest son, uh, Jesse John Michael, he wanted to do, you know, he was studying to be a doctor and everything like that. And then he was just like that. I, you know, I don't know if I heard, you know, your mother was telling me that you're really not sure about doing it. He was like, nah, that, I don't really know. I go, I go, screw whatever your mother thinks and screw whatever I think and what anybody else thinks. Mm. Whatever it is that you like and you have passion for and whatever it is you love doing, then that's what you got to do because that's the only way you're going to excel and it's the only way you're going to find happiness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Agreed. It'd be like, you know, it, it's just the truth. I Definitely. Mean, I, I, you know, it's just like trying to tell Al Demiola he should be doing pop music or <laughs> something. You know, and he's just like, but I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is what I want to play, jazz yeah. or whatever, you know, fusion and stuff like that. So so was it Zeppelin or um, was it Sabbath that really got you into the first records you bought? What were they, actually? Well, I mean, actually, the first thing was uh, Elton John. Oh, wow, okay. Seeing him on Lucy in the Sky, uh, doing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and then... Uh, I remember our next door neighbors, the Smiths. They had eleven kids, six boys, five girls, all out of Mrs. Smith. And the run of joke would always be, "Are they Catholic?" And it's just like, <laughs> "Yes, why? Actually, yes, they are." But I remember uh, the parties over at that house were completely yeah. out of control. So I mean, it's just like Scott was my buddy, and he was the youngest. And me and Scott were like twelve years old. His oldest brother, George Jr., 
was 44 years old. So probably, so it was in the, the parties at this house. It, w- it was like a block party, like whenever the family would get together. Because, yeah. you know, me and you were brothers. You have three kids. I have four kids. Our other brother, Andy, has five kids. You know, so like it's Christmas is over there and the holidays, Thanksgiving, Memorial Day bashes, blowouts over there at keg parties. Completely out of control. But, I mean, just nothing but good times over there. But that's where I discovered... You know, classic rock and everything like that, just because Scott's older brothers, yeah, Dougie and all, and then you know, it's just, uh, just nothing but great times over there. But I'm, you know, as far as um, the music and everything like that, yeah, it just it was Elton John first, and then after that was uh, I remember I discovered Sabbath, you know, just because I remember uh, we were in art class doing a skull, just like pretty much like Scully with with Black Label, the draw a skull, yeah. And he had a lightning bolt going through, and it said Black Sabbath 666 or whatever. And I was just like, oh, what's that? That's cool. And he just goes, cool. And he goes, oh, it's this band my older brother listens to. And I was like, I had never heard Black Sabbath before, never anything like that. So I remember we were at the, at the mall or whatever. My mother was just like, we, you know, you can get a record if you want a record. So I ended up getting, we sold our soul for rock and roll because obviously it's a double album. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had to be a complete scumbag <laughs> and slide that one in. You know what I mean? So... But uh, all I remember is put, you know, opening up the gatefold with the woman in the coffin and everything like that, and then like putting the album on, being completely terrified when I listened to this yeah, album. Yeah, it was terrifying. Even the gatefold when you opened it up. I mean, yeah, the totally. records are. So the running, the running joke is like when I, I introduced, I had to introduce Sabbath to uh, for a lifetime achievement award or something like yeah. that, you know. And so, uh, but I said, well, when I put the album on, I was Catholic, <laughs> and then. Through as I was listening more and more to the album, by the time I got to the second disc, I was a full-blown Satanist. <laughs> and then when I got done listening to the album, I had converted back to Catholicism just so I could thank God for creating Black Sabbath. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite the production, but I'm glad I go through it. But I mean, uh, and yeah, would you, so would you ever, that, I was going to say, would you have ever thought that when you were younger that you would end up playing with Ozzy, right? Because it's such an incredible feat to. Well, you it, know. it was just so. It's just so weird. I mean, you know, I mean. My story being with Ozzy, you know, just like it'd be like me being a huge New York Yankee fan, and I love Thurman Munson, and now I'm catching for the New York Yankees right, in the exactly. same spot where my hero stood. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just pretty mind blowing thing, you know, of like all the franchises I could have been with, I ended up on the team that I love. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, walk you, me through that story, Zach, because it's interesting. So you had your bands in high school, obviously, and I believe that when they were auditioning guitar players, Ozzy like, saw like an 8x10 of you on his, in his kitchen and <laughs> was like, this guy looks like he obviously is a huge fan of Randy Rose. Yeah, no, he had a... a my, uh, my sister took a Polaroid picture of me on my parents' house, and I ended up sending... I gave that to Dave Feld, who gave it to Mark Weiss, you know, legendary yeah, photographer, Father Mark. So sure. uh, Mark, you know... Got it to mom. You know, it's just a little package of me jamming on, you know, playing a bunch of Ozzy things and some classical guitar or whatever. But then, uh, and, I, and that Polaroid. And Ozzy said he remembered the the weird thing was, he, you know, he didn't look at any of the packages or anything. It was just on the kitchen table. And he looked at it. He said, oh, look at this kid. He, obviously, he loves Randy Rhodes. Yeah. So, which I do. Still do. So, we all do. Yeah. But, uh, so... When I was there, Ozzy was like, have I met you before? And I was like, well, maybe unless he saw us, you know, at the garden with Jakey right. Lee on the right. Park of the Moon tour or whatever. You <laughs> under know. the bleachers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Under the mezzanine or whatever, <laughs> you know. So, but, and I was like, no. And then he looked back at it. And he goes, Zach, he goes, it was that picture. 
He goes, because that was the only one that I looked at. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, well, who's, uh, look at this kid. You know, obviously he loves Randy. So, but, um, but no, that was about it. You know, and then when I met Ozzy, he was just like, well, Zach, he goes, listen, just play with your heart. And then after that, um, make me a ham sandwich and go light on the Coleman's mustard. I don't want it to overpower the flavor of the sandwich. And then change your trousers because I had crap my pants. You know what I mean? So, you know, he just goes, change your trousers. So I've been, you know, ever since that day, I've been making ham sandwiches for him and going light on the Coleman's. You don't want it to overpower the sandwich. <laughs> well, when you get that call, by the way, like to audition for someone like Ozzy, what goes through your head? Is it like all the years of hard work? Because I don't know if you were a Page guy growing up or you were a Randy Rose guy or an Eddie Van Halen guy. Maybe Randy was like your guy growing yeah, up. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, what, I, what I went think through all of us, you know, my generation, me, Dime. Yeah. I mean, any, you ask anyone in our, you know, our generation, you know, so we all, you know, it, was, it, it just, how uh, you had Beck, Page, and Clapton, you know, the the big three, you know, when those guys came out, then you had 10 years later, you had Eddie, Randy, and George Lynch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always tell George that too, you know, but it's just like they were the big three, the next coming of the big three, you yeah. know what I mean? If, out here, that they were the they were the big three. So, but it, no, it just, um, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, everybody I... All my friends that are my age, Dime and everybody that we all love, Randy and Ed and you know George and all the guys. So, um, well, how do you yeah, so how I mean, do you mentally prepare for an audition like that? Right when Ozzy calls you and says, "Be in LA on Tuesday," I, in your head are you like, "This is my one shot"? Because you you had already started playing. Well, yeah, around, I, but. yeah, I was like 19, 19 years old, twenty yeah. years old. So I mean, it was just uh, no, it was just like you said. I mean, it was like going to a tryout for the New York Yankees. Yeah. you know what I mean. So. Uh, I mean, that's the way I've always viewed it anyways, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, it, it, because the the bar that Randy set, it's just you're expected to win. Yeah. You know, if you're going to play for the New York Yankees, you, that's the reason why you're, you've you been traded to the Yankees or they brought you up from the farm system or what, were you Derek Jeter or whatever. So, yeah. uh, no, it's a, and it's a privilege and it's an honor. So um, that's, the, the way, that's the way I've always viewed putting on the Aussie you know the uniform yeah so, you know it's like the pinstripes when you first walk in and you start playing with randy castillo and those guys ozzy wasn't there right so it was just you yeah guys it was playing. randy and phil and then randy and phil were super cool to me and you know and uh yeah they were it was they made me feel real relaxed and hey what's going on that you know so i mean the guys were super cool so uh yeah randy and phil were awesome man but um you know, and then we just jammed for a bit and, you know, just hung out and talked and stuff like that. So, and then I went home and then they flew me back out again. And then we jammed again. I guess when they were whittling it down to, yeah. you know, the last huh. batch of guys. And then after that, we went to England to see if, you know, because mom wanted to see if I could write, if I could write, you know what I mean? So that was another thing. So then we went over to England and then I think the first thing I ever wrote with the with the boss was Miracle Man. Amazing. That was, yeah, that was the first riff. Do you remember the first show where you... Uh... How are you feeling about it when you think well, back? Well, I it? mean, the first actual arena show we did was in Pensacola, Florida. So, uh, but I remember it was just kind of crazy because, like, here we are. Why, you know, I saw Oz. We we never got a chance to see Randy because Rand had passed away by then. So, but we had tickets to see him at the Garden. Mm. So I saw him with Bernie Torme. Okay, and I got I got the chance to tell Bernie before Bernie passed away, like how moving that night was seeing mm. him play yeah. you know because everyone missed randy and he did an amazing job it was just like randy was in the building you know randy's spirit so for sure but uh so it was, it was great that i got a chance to tell him that so 
But the thing is, um, were you nervous the first gig? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously. So here I was playing, seeing Ozzy at the Garden with Bernie Tormey. Then I saw him with Jake on Motley Crue on the uh, the Bark at the Moon tour. Yeah, I guess. And Motley had Shout at the Devil, I think. And then, uh, and that was great. And now I'm on stage. So it was yeah. pretty crazy. So yeah, when when the lights went down and the crowd went crazy, it was just like wow, this is pretty. You know, it's like once again, you know, I can I, I was Catholic when full blown Satanist and converted back to Catholicism <laughs> just so I could thank God that I'm on stage with the with the boss. There must have been some crazy stories because you're sober now, but back then you you guys were just running around drinking you and Ozzy, right? Drinking, oh yeah, so. totally. Yeah, I mean it was just like there was always a spare liver on ice. You know what I mean? <laughs> and a pancreas. You know so. But, uh, Wasn't there like a story where you went like two months without showering, or is that a correct story? There, was that uh, yeah, no, society? yeah, it's like seventy some odd days. Yeah, it was with, with black label. I was like, well, <laughs> what am I gonna shower for? I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting laid anytime soon, anyways. So, you know, like, you know, that tour bus must have smelled. Uh, it was great. It was yeah. wonderful. I mean, yeah. because I, with black label, I mean, the early the berserking days of black label, the Animal House years, it, it wasn't just the band. It was yeah. it was the complete. It was complete. Chaos. Delta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just complete animal house. So it was the, the the Doom crew, the band. I mean, it was just like somebody. There was always some type of comedy going on. Yeah. Every night. So because uh, it's funny because the music is so heavy and so dark, but then like you said, you have this comedic side where you guys are doing these skits. All the it's like yeah, it's totally. Like, I mean, but that's how like it, it always was. So yeah. I mean, it's just uh, but nothing but but laughs. And I mean, the same thing with Ozzy. I mean, yeah. it was just I always said being around Ozzy, it's a miracle any work ever gets done just because. <laughs> Laughing, we're always on the floor crying laughing man yeah. i mean it's just especially with oz because yeah. he he doesn't need anyone to write any negative comments yeah. about him at all yeah. like if there's an album review he'll go oh that one's pretty good <laughs> i can write a better one than that though you know I mean? like he would just go yeah he i mean like it, it's He's hilarious, He's bro. Funny. I mean, like I always said, if he wasn't like the greatest front man on the planet and this legendary <laughs> singer, he would have he would have hands down been a great comedian yeah. for sure. I remember I was with Jack uh, probably five or six years ago. Jack Osborne at their house in Malibu, and I was in the bedroom and I looked at the bedroom and I said to Jack, "Saw these pictures of Ozzy and Sharon there, and the bedroom looked completely untouched." And I was like, "Does your your parents ever sleep here? Like, it doesn't look like anyone ever uses this house. <laughs> and he said, he said, you know, it's funny. My dad is like afraid of the ocean. He never comes to this, the beach house in Malibu. He doesn't like the ocean. I'm like, the Prince of Darkness is afraid of the ocean. Like, how crazy <laughs> is that? Like, you would never expect that. But yeah, it's a funny little antidote that I just, uh, I remember from, from hanging back with him uh, back in the day. But you talk about a lot about, uh, you know, on another note, Zach, just putting in the work, right? And obviously you've always put in the work. I mean, to get where you are as a guitar player, uh, you were doing the Generation X thing not long ago, so I want to talk to you about that too. But what does like putting in the work mean to you? Because obviously all the guys that are at your level in life have always put in the work. So well, what, does it, what does it mean to you? It would have to be in anything regarding anything. I mean, you know, like if you wanted to lose weight, you got to put in the work in, yeah. in regards to just watching what you're eating. And then you got to exercise. So you, you, once again, right there, you just got to put in the work. You know what I mean? Or if you want if you want your bench press to go up, you know, if you if you want to put ten pounds on your bench press, then you just got to apply yourself. I mean, it, it's just like that with anything in life. You you can do anything you want to do. If you want to learn how to play the piano, just got to apply yourself and sit and practice. But you were practicing sixteen yeah, hours do a day. It, do, when you, younger, you know, right? do do maybe five pounds of cocaine, some <laughs> heroin, and then right, you know right. some steroids. Yeah, yeah. And you know some Viagra, and then <laughs> yeah, then you, then you can play, you for, it, yeah. and you never thought you could. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I mean, I I think with anything, it's just 
Um, no, but you know, I mean, uh, the whole thing is I've always enjoyed the process. You know, I, I, if if you embrace the process, it's not work. Yeah, I, I never viewed, I I never practiced a day in my life. I always played, and then, you know, I mean, if there's a certain passage or something that you want to learn, whether it's like Spirit of the Radio by Rush or something, you know, the 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 opening lick that Alex Lifeson's playing, da 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 da, you know, and and you 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 can't get it. You just sit and you play it over and over slow. It's just repetition, man. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like anything, you know. It's, I mean, you know, King Edward didn't wake up one day playing Spanish Fly. I mean, right, it yeah. Ingbe yeah. didn't wake up one day becoming Ingbe. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah. the good Lord gives you a gift. You got to water it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but you were practicing like sixteen hours a day, growing yeah, up, right? without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but like I, I would, you know, you'd play all day, and then, I mean, I'd, I'd put my my you know, my guitar magazines in my school books when I would be at school. Yeah. And I would just put them in the in the thing. So I'd be like reading about all my favorite guitar yeah, players yeah. and reading about scales and theory and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would, I mean, there was sometimes I'd practice all night and go to school. I'd be like zonk by the time I got to school. But I mean, I would just stay up all day, you know what I mean? All, all night just yeah. practicing, man. So, but, um, but like you said, my parents never said you got to practice. Yeah. You, you know, they, they, Never. It's just because I think if you ask any musician, they just love playing. Mm. You love playing. You yeah. Know? So, there, there, you know, because somebody asked me, well, what's the bad part about it? There, there is no bad part about it. I mean, because, you know, I mean, the traveling and this and that, you know, whether I had great times when we were in a van, you know, when then when you were in a tour bus, or yeah. whether, you know, whether with Oz and we we're on private jets or whatever, or you're flying the shows or whatever. I mean, to me, the the whole, there is no bad Mm. in any of it because mm. you're, you're playing and you're having a good time and you're rolling with your friends so yeah um, some of the best memories are in the van right just yeah that, that van or just life, anywhere yeah. you know so yeah. i mean it's just you know especially if you're rolling with people you love and, yeah. and you're rolling with your friends and stuff like that it's it's it, all it is is win-win man yeah so so after obviously you play with ozzy for years and and you write some incredible songs and at a certain point you break out on your own and uh you do some solo records pride and glory so walk me through how like Black Label Society came about, and and obviously you also there's a run in with Guns where you were jamming with them for a little bit too. So yeah, well I mean, well, well obviously rolling with the boss. I mean there was no plans after that. I mean I was just because I was just I'm playing in the band I want to play in. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm playing with Oz. So, uh, but after we did no more no more tears, uh, Oz was taking a break for a bit. He was like, fellas, if anything comes up go for it because i'm not sure what i'm going to do right now after this you know whether he was going to do the sabbath thing mm. and all, all this other stuff this was so, about 97 or so no probably even about maybe maybe after 92 92, 92 okay 93 or whatever. Okay. so then uh mikey ended up joining uh alice and change because yep. we were all rolling together so when mike Starr had left alice you know we were all friends so that's where mike was just a logical choice it was just like well, Ozzy's not doing anything. Let's call Mikey up and see if he wants to jam. So Father Mike started playing with uh, Jerry and the guys, and then Rand started doing some things, and then I got I got the deal. You know, I went over with Geffen Records, and we ended up doing the Pride and Glory thing. So, And we had a blast making that record, uh, Brian and, and J-Mo. We were up to Seattle with that one and jammed on that one. That was We had a great time doing that and then touring it and stuff like that. But then after that, I was... I was going to do another record, and then I ended up doing the Book of Shadows record. And it was just, you know, I had a blast doing that one. It was just more of like a singer-songwriter type thing because it was just 
After that, we worked on Osmosis with Oz. And then I remember the Bruise was right next to it, this bar. And uh, I would just go there every night and had this amazing jukebox in there. It would be Cranking Stones, uh, Neil Young, Bob Seger, Elton John, uh, the band. I mean, all this amazing, awesome stuff, Allman Brothers, everything like that. So I would just be in there lis listening to the jukebox all night, and I'd go over to my room and just jam on some acoustic stuff. Mm. And that just spilled over into, like, the Book of Shadows stuff. So, but after I toured behind that, when I had a great time doing that, I was just like, I'm not ready to be James Taylor yet, you know, to be a singer-songwriter, <laughs> right. you know? So, because yeah. uh, I still like, write, you know, writing heavy riffs. So, it was just... Um, and Pride and Glory was definitely more Southern, right? Influence yeah, yeah, totally. It was my yeah. love for the Allman Brothers yeah. and Skinner and yeah. Blackfoot and Molly Hatchet. And, I mean, just that, that whole movement, you yeah. know, so... And, you know, there's still bits of Sabbath in there floating in that soup and Zeppelin. And, you know, just everything you love, yeah. you know, so. But, um, but yeah, so I was just, I had a bunch of heavy riffs laying around. And I was jamming with the Guns guys. I remember uh, Slash and the guys were talking, or Axel. I had never met Axel before, so it was, he, was, he called me up when we were in New York working with Oz. And he was just like, hey, Zach, you want to get together and jam or whatever? You know, we were talk, talking about getting another guitar player. I was like, yeah, it would be great, because I knew Slash at the time and Duff. So uh, we got out and we just started jamming on some stuff and nothing nothing came about it, you know, because it was just it was just everything was just kind of up in the air. Did and you write with them at all, or is yeah, no? I, actually, some of the stuff I, like I just riffs like Rose Petal Garden ended up on with Black Label and stuff mm. like that. So, uh, but then Oz called me up. He was like, Zach, are you doing a tour? Are you jamming with the fellas? What do you you know? I said, Oz, well, I let me find out what's going on with the guys. Whether we're gonna do anything, you know what I mean? Hard so, to get an answer out of that camp sometimes. Yeah, right? so I, well, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, well, you can't force anybody to do anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if stuff's up in the air and nothing's happening, nothing's happening. So yeah. uh, nothing was happening on that end. And then Oz just called me up. He was like, Zach, listen, I got to get, I'm going to have to get another guy because I, I can't sit around waiting for this. You know, I was like, Oz, I, you know, completely understand. I was completely bummed because I obviously, you know, love playing with Oz. So, but uh, that's when Joe Holmes came in, and Joe's amazing. He's a crushing guitar player. So Joe was playing with Oz, and then nothing was happening with guns. So I was just like, well, I better figure something out. You know, I'm out in the middle. You're out in the middle of the Atlantic. It's just <laughs> like without a compass. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, well, we better fig find some land sooner or later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So better start rowing. So that's when Black Label was born. And that was like 23 years yeah, ago or something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, totally. 98. Yeah, 11 or 12 albums later. Totally. Here you just are. released yeah. the box 11, set. 11 deep now. Yeah. yeah. And the box set. And yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty, but you, like you said, I love the process and I love, I love doing it. We just got off the road just now. And I mean, it was just like, I think we did like 44 shows in 59 days. It was just like four on, one off, four on, one off, four on, one off. And here we are done. Yeah. Did you think at some point that you were going to join, like join guns at some point or it just didn't really. Well, yeah, I mean, it could have been, you know, it could have been cool. Like us doing like, Allman Brothers-esque type harmonies or, you know, like Judas Priest, Allmans yeah. and stuff like that. So, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, but Slash, the, you know, I mean, he's the, the Jimmy Page of that operation. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's only one cat that can play the, the solos to Sweet Child and November Rain and all those songs, and it, he's the guy. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Slash is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so it's funny. So at that point, you, you form Black Label, obviously, and, and uh, 
how do you sort of decide where with the writing process, like which songs were meant for Ozzy, which songs were meant for Black Label? Because there's obviously like a crossover. Well, I, mean, obviously. I mean, with the Pride and Glory stuff, it's kind of easy. Yeah, I mean, of you know, course. losing your mind or something like that. You know, with the banjo. Yeah, and everything. yeah, that obviously, wasn't an I'm Ozzy not going right. to play that for the boss. You <laughs> right, know? right. But no, I mean, I mean, any any of the songs. I mean, because Sabbath is such a huge influence on me, and Tony Iommi with his, the riff writing, it, you know, it's just it's a huge uh, influence and inspiration on me. I mean, it's just, it's always in the soup somewhere. I mean, yeah. the riff to No More Tears, dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's yeah. completely, you know, from Tony Iommi <laughs> yeah. University, you yeah. know what I mean, that riff. I mean, yeah. it's just all the riffs, I, I just always make a running joke. It's like, we're just, where's that riff from? I go, I got that from the... The Lord I owe me garage sale. It was behind a plate. I was just like, how much for that riff over there? It's just like, I'd be $8.50. And it's just like, what year is this What year is this plate from? It's just like, oh, that's from 1973. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's just a running joke, you know. But it's just, it's it's always in the black label soup. It's floating around in there somewhere. Because even on the new record, I can envision like Ozzy singing some of those songs. I mean, some of them are so heavy and so... Ozzy yeah, like without a doubt. Sense, like yeah. you said, because I'm just such a huge Sabbath fan. Yeah, you know, so it's just it's it's in my DNA. I mean, it's just you know you don't you don't just taste it; you swallow it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's funny. It's it's, it's an incredible record, by the way. So congrats on the record. I it's appreciate great. it. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. So talk to me about the process a little bit. You did this record at your home studio now, like you did some of the other ones, right? Yeah, we did. Ever since we did the uh, put up the Black Vatican, we just make all the uh, the Black Label Flavor Country Donuts up there, and we just box them up and ship them out. And so. is, it, is it you and the guys, or do you lay down the tracks first? No, what's I the mean, process like? Especially, well, this album, the Doom Crew Incorporated record, we I recorded everything that you're hearing is on that album, was done before the fellas even came out. You know, whether it was to a click track or whatever. And if we wanted to slow down certain parts, we'd just bring the click right here. We'll just, I want to bring it way down. So we would slow it down. Then we got to speed it up again over here you know, and put the click. So when the guys came out and listened to it, it was already done. So like all Jeff would have to do, I'd double guitars and the whole nine yards. So Jeff would just have to go, Zach, what part is this part? You know, there'll be vocal here. Then we'll stop. Then it'll go into this section. You know, this will be a breakdown. Then we kick in again right over here. And just like, so Jeff would just get the the arrangement of the song. And he would go, okay, uh, let me say, just listen to it, play air drums to it like two or three times and go, all right, let me go in there and track it. And then Jeff would be done. You know, give him two takes and Jeff would be done. So, uh, so do you use like program drums when you start initially? No, no, no. no. That's all just live drums. Oh, they are, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, we still make them the old-fashioned yeah. way. You <laughs> no know? click so, track, right? Exactly. Just just get some good sounds <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. let the guys play. Yeah. But, uh, no, and then JD would put the bass on. You know, so the guys would put, the music would be all done, then the fellows would go home, and then I'd just start doing vocals. And then once once the vocals are all done, then the solos go on last. You know, because this way you could, you, you get a feel for what you want the solo to be. Definitely. You know, so, I mean, that's the way I've always done it anyways. You know, the song's done, and then you, then you put a solo to it, so it's kind of like... It's a song within a song. You know, it's a, the, the Randy Rhodes school of, yeah. you know, solos. So it's a, it's basically a song within a, you know, it's part of the song. Like Stairway to Heaven or Hotel California. Yeah. Those are, it's part of the song. 
Yeah, and there's a great video to set me free, by the way, too, which is great. You guys are playing like a high school dance, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, the video was it's a reenactment of my high school prom from 1985 (laughs) at Jackson (laughs) Memorial High School. Yes. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, Speaking of Randy, by the way, it's great that he's finally getting honored at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you have some thoughts on that? Obviously, it's long past. I mean, well, you know what's so funny? I mean, like how everybody always gets bent out of shape about like, Who's getting into the yeah, Rock and yeah, Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. Like, we already know <laughs> who's in the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. We can't put everybody in <laughs> in the same year because then we don't have a reason to come back next year <laughs> right. to have another party. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, we already know who's in there. Everybody, yeah. Every band that we like, yeah. whether it's Bad Company, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Jethro Tull, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles... The Eagles, I mean, just put the list on. I mean, it just, every one of those bands belongs in the Rock and Roll yeah, Hall of Fame. I mean, Randy Rhodes, does Randy Rhodes belong in the, I guess, I guess it's going to be, it's going to be, I wonder this year if, if John McLaughlin, Randy, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen are going to make it into the Rock and <laughs> Stop. We already know they're already in it anyways. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just like. Well, it's good that he's finally getting. Some, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just bit. like, but I like you know, JD. We always just say, after the first record, Randy was already in there. You know, what <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> you know. So I mean, it's like, uh, but yeah, it's great that he's getting a nod. But I mean, like everybody that loves Randy, we all know he's a Hall of Famer since since we first heard him. Definitely. Speaking of Eddie, by the way, you guys were kind of friendly, right? Like, what did his yeah, passing? Yeah, yeah, totally. What did his passing mean to you? It, yeah, just sense? just crazy. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just um. Cause you just figure you'd be around forever. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so, uh, but yeah, Ed, without a doubt, changed, changed the planet, man, for yeah. sure. You know, just, uh, I mean, within the, the guitar community, just like it, between the paint jobs, his, I mean, the playing alone, but the paint jobs, Floyd Roses, uh, the way amps are made, you know, everything pedal. I mean, just like as far as the whole industry. Yeah. Is I mean he just not just his playing he just changed, you know everything the way amplifiers are made the the way the guitars are made Floyd Roses you know whammy bars I mean just so much stuff man, but I mean is uh that his you know that his massive gigantic shadow mm. will be over all that Definitely. forever you know what I mean so have you heard Wolfie's band by the way yeah it's great yeah. and it's great that Wolf's out there doing it and stuff like that so yeah. yeah god bless him man yeah what do you think about the musical climate now obviously rock is coming in this hybrid it's like you have guys like Machine Gun Kelly that aren't really rock but it's like rap and post-punk and what do you think of the state of rock well I think I think everything just changes yeah. all it's it's always changing all the time mm. you know what I mean so it's just uh you know you, you gotta let's be real I mean it's just like yeah Sinatra then when Elvis and Chuck Berry and everything like that came out, you know, I'm sure everybody, you know, the, the whole Sinatra generation was just like, have you heard this garbage my younger brother's listening to, man? It's terrible. Yeah. And then once that morphed into the Beatles and the Stones, everyone that was listening to Elvis and Chuck Berry were like, have you heard this garbage <laughs> that my younger brother's listening to? It's a Beatles band and a Stones band, you know, and then yeah. like, and then after that, then you had... Cream, Hendrix, and Zeppelin, and stuff. You know, they they were like, "Have you heard this stuff? It's horrendous, man." You know, what I mean, so it's like every generation, it's it's constantly evolving. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, to me, I I mean, it's it, it does it doesn't bother me one way or another. 
you know, you almost kind of like with ACDC. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the climate of music is. ACDC just does ACDC. Just make great ACDC records. You know what I mean? Like you you don't have to worry about what the latest hairstyle is and what the latest clothing style is. Because when ACDC puts a record out, it's going to sound like it's just like, do these guys even know what year it is? It's just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And people always talk about like the state of rock. But at the end of the day, I think the Guns tour was like the second biggest tour of yeah, all time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and Metallica. Yeah. And so what I'm saying, they're doing stadiums. So, yeah. I mean, that has to say something. And, I, and yeah. I mean, you know, and not only that, it's just like for Sinatra. It it didn't matter up until the end because my father and my mother are going to see him. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, what the climate of music is, because for every generation, that's their music. Mm. You know, whether it's like all the Elvis fans, they're gonna. It doesn't matter whether Zeppelin's the biggest band on the planet. Yeah, they're going to see Elvis at the fifteen nights at the at the Forum. You right. know what I mean? Or the residency, he's going to be there for two months. You yeah. know what I mean? But the rock bands that are happening now, like the Greater Van Fleets of the World, the Black Veil Brides, I mean, what do you think of these new bands that are coming well, out? Well, I mean, it's like like when Motley Crue was coming out, yeah. you know, like it's just like the asking Led Zeppelin what they think about Motley Crue, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like, they're like, oh, well, good for them, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm just saying, yeah. uh, you know, or it, good for them. I mean, and, you know, Andy and all those guys in that band, they, they like you said, putting in the work, man. Yeah. I mean, they... They, they put the work in. Yeah, they yeah. put in the work and they embrace the grind. So yeah. God bless them, man. Definitely. Uh, so the new record just came out Black Friday, which is great. So make sure everybody picks up the new record. And what about touring? Any touring coming up next year? Well, we just did, uh, like you said, we just we just went out and did the whole American crusade. We were just out there with uh, Obituary and Prong, all great people. So that that was a blast. And then, uh, yeah, so we just got home. So that next thing, we're supposed to go over to Europe in five months. But, you know, so now you have the... Uh, the festivals and... The, well, you have the festivals and everything like that. But, you know, with the with the new virus and stuff like yeah. that, you know, so hopefully... Who the fuck knows? Well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully we'll be over there rolling, you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. America, it was great. So, you know, hopefully it'll be the same thing when we get over to Europe and it'll be great seeing everybody in touring again. And then we come, you know, and then after that, I mean, I'm sure the game plan is just keep touring off the new album for the next two years, you know, three yeah. years, whatever. And uh, obviously with Ozzy, my buddy Andrew Watt did the last record. I think he's doing the new record again. Have you? I think you played on the new record, Yeah, no, right? I, I jammed on the record before we actually went out on the road. So awesome. I knocked that all out, and I had a blast playing on that, and Tony Iommi's on it, Jeff Beck's on it, Eric Amazing. Clapton. So if you would have told 15-year-old me that yeah. I'd be on a record with, like, all my heroes, I would have said, you're dreaming. But, uh, and, you know, and Oz, obviously. So, no, but it, it, I had a blast playing on it, and I, I think it came out really good, man. So... So that's coming out soon, I would imagine, right? What's that, about? That's probably coming out soon, I would imagine. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to ask, you know, the boss yeah. what, what the plans are on that one, but uh, when they plan on putting it out. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, all my guitar work's done on that one. And, you know, obviously the solos that uh, I'm playing rhythm guitar for, for, you know, for Clapton, Beck, and Lord Iommi, you know, yeah. so which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But, but you know, on the other tracks, I'm soloing on. Did you ever think you'd play with Iommi? Like, it's got yeah, It's pretty mind blowing, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like you said, it's just uh, the fact that I'm playing with Ozzy. You know, I'm playing for the, you know, the New York Yankees are my favorite team, and I'm playing for the New York Yankees. So yeah. it's, it's um, I thank the good Lord every day. It's incredible. I have to say, I saw them with uh, Tommy Kaluthis. I think that's his last name on drums, probably. 
whenever it was, six, seven years oh, yeah, ago. Father Tom, man. I mean, that. Yeah, he crushes. Oh, I mean, it elevated. I mean, Bill Ward's great. I love, I'm a huge Bill Ward fan, but it just elevated the band to me. I don't know. I don't know if you like thought. It just gave it a new energy, and it was incredible. Oh, Tommy's to awesome, man. He hit so hard, and it was just great to see. So, uh, And what about dates with Ozzy coming up, Zach? you think there'll be dates well, maybe next it year, depends, possibly? You know, like you said, Ozzy's is still doing, you know, after he banged, lumped himself up his neck and everything like that from the, the previous uh, – with the ATV accident and everything like that. So, you know, I just told him, just keep doing all your therapy and everything like that so we can get him up on the powerlifting platform so his bench, <laughs> his deadlift, and his squat totals are, you know, back up to world-class Aussie numbers again. Yeah. Well, that should be. Hopefully, you guys will go out next year. <laughs> and obviously, you got your own line of guitars, which is great. Yeah, so totally. We should talk about that so for I, a minute, I right? love it. You know what I mean? So, so you've had it, that for, for how long, that line of guitars? We've been doing it for now probably like about six years. I've been awesome. doing my own guitars. Yeah, yeah. which is great. So, so, yeah, so it's all good stuff. The, the box set, pick up the box set, None More Black, right, which is great. None More Black, yes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a, a huge yeah. Spinal Tap reference, if you don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, you do many things with it, you know. Yeah. Use it as an hors d'oeuvre plate. A coaster can, or whatever, maybe. <laughs> a doorstop, you know what I mean? It's wonderful. <laughs> and the new record, which just came out, by the time you guys listen to this, I think the new record will have been out about a month or so. Check out some of the new dates coming up, the tour dates. Check out the new album. And, man, thanks for coming on. It was great. Well, great thanks to hang for with having you. me on, my brother. It's great talking yeah, to you, Yeah, brother, you too. I appreciate it. Thanks, you got it, my brother. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Well, that was great. Mr. Zach Wild. Truth be told, that conversation was recorded in early December. Hope you all had a great New Year's. It's been great hanging out with you all this past year. And coming up in January, as you know, we have Failure, we have LP, and many more exciting guests. If you like the show, please make sure to rate the show, review the show. It's very helpful. I'm also on Cameo. So feel free to connect with me on Cameo, and I'm available for anything. So hope to uh, speak to you all soon. Hope you had a great holiday. Happy New Year once again, and see you soon. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.